What's up, guys? Happy Tuesday. This is Mad Mork coming to you live from Mad Mork Stories here in Silicon Valley, California, with another episode of Mad Mork Stories. I've got kind of an unusual story today. It's kind of an unusual podcast. It's not going to be kind of the run of the mill thing on marketing. It's not going to be an interview with like, you know, some hot shit CMO who's done something amazing. It's really going to be a series of stories. I'm going to share a couple of stories with you that I think are going to be like powerful and impactful and help you achieve what you want to do. And it's also going to be the introduction of a framework. And as you know, if you've listened to any of my podcasts, I do do a lot of like framework stuff. I think that frameworks can be helpful, but more importantly, I think that they can provide like a blueprint on what you want to do and how you go about achieving those things. And this is all about actually using those blueprints and those frameworks to actually help you do real stuff right? So to help you achieve stuff. So it's not just kind of in the land of theory, it's kind of in the land of practice. So um, today's kind of framework, right, is basically called Mad Mork's five P's, right? That's five P's. Uh, it's not like the four P's of marketing. So we're not going to be talking about product. We're not going to be talking about place. We're not going to be talking about distribution or pricing or any of these like fancy things that are marketing related. Does it tie back to marketing in some way? Yes, it does. Uh, I think it kind of like help you create stories and inspire you. But more than anything, the five piece framework that I'm going to introduce you to is really kind of like a framework for life. It's a framework for achieving the things that you want to do. It's the framework for being the kind of person that you want to be. It's the framework for living the kind of life that you want to live. So what is the five P's without further ado? Well, the first P in the five P's is really around purpose, right? And like a lot of people that I talk to, a lot of the clients that I work with really struggle with this. Like one of the things I have most often is when I sit down with somebody and they start telling me about their story and their hangups and how they're stuck and how, oh, you know, I'm not living the career that I wanted to do or I like hate my job or I'm stuck in this relationship or whatever. Um, the thing that they don't know and the thing that they really can't answer is one of the simplest and most powerful questions of all, which is essentially, what do you want? What do you want? What is going to make you come alive, right? And really, so the first P of the five P's is around purpose, right? How do I find purpose? And there's no kind of like simple explanation to this. There are kind of a number of exercises that you can do. There's a number of exercises that I do with clients. Um, one of the exercises that you can try for yourself, uh, is a visualization technique and it's basically what I call the town square, right? And so here's kind of how it works. The idea behind a Times square is picture yourself at a times, you know, a town square where you grew up somewhere that you're like intimately familiar with somewhere that kind of represents the social center of the place that you used to live in growing up. Um, that could be, you know, in a major city, it could be in a neighborhood, some sort of like social kind of central gathering place where people kind of gathered, right. To just hang out and imagine that basically people are hanging out and it's like 30 or 40 or 50 years from now and people are getting together and they're getting together to talk about you, right? Pretty crazy, but they're getting together to talk about you. They're getting together to talk about your achievements. They're getting together to talk about your life. They're getting to talk, you know, together to talk about your values and so the simple question there, the thing for you to kind of like think about in this exercise is if you were to close your eyes and you were to sit back and think, what do I want these people to say about me? What does that look like? What do these people say about you? What do they say about the things that you did? What do they say about your greatest achievements? What do they say about the kind of person that you were? 
right? How do they describe you? How do they talk about your values, right? If you go through that kind of an exercise and you do it with, um, you know, your spouse or somebody close to you, or even if you do it on your own, you'll find that kind of like that starts to define a little bit really what you want to get out of life and what you want to achieve and your values. And it helps kind of answer that first question of what is my purpose? Why am I here? Right. In my case, for example, my purpose is to be the magnetic energy that inspires people to live meaningful and fulfilling careers with passion. That's my purpose. That's my why. That's why I get up every day. That's why I'm doing this video for you guys. That's why I write blog posts. That's why I coach. Right. And part of what helped me get there was doing exercises like this, reading books that are inspirational, watching motivational videos, working with a coach, asking those tough questions. So that's really the first P if you want to achieve anything successful in your life is really kind of like figuring out what your purpose is, either through an exercise like the town square or similar exercise could be. And this one's a little bit more morbid, but, you know, if you were lying on your deathbed, you know, in, in a hospital somewhere in 50 years. What would you want people to be talking about? What would you want your family and, and close relatives to say about you? What would you want your kids to say about you? Right. You'll find that when you do exercises like that, it puts things in context. Right. Um, it's amazing if you do research on Google and, you know, you Google kind of like what people say they wish they had done before they died. Most people say, you know, they want to spend more time with their kids. They wanted to have had a real relationship. They wanted to have started a business. They want to have done something meaningful. They wanted to give back to their community, to their church, to whatever. Right. They wanted to do something that matters. So finding your purpose, that's a big reason why I became a coach, right, is to help people figure out what matters. And that is the first and probably one of the most important of the five P's, right? So find that purpose. But the reality is kind of like, even if most of us find that purpose, even if deep down we know what we want to do, we've had it in our minds. It's like, I want to start a business around gyms and help people be fit, or I want to you know, help people eat more healthy food, or I want to empower women to start businesses, right? None of this means anything unless we have the second of the five P's, which is plan, right? Once you figure out kind of your purpose, once you have an idea of like deep down what makes you excited and passionate, you have got to start planning for stuff, right? And I'll give an example of how I went around doing something like this in a minute once I've gone through the framework. So that you guys can be like, okay, well, this is kind of how it applies to a real life example, as opposed to, well, this sounds like great theoretical bullshit. Now, how do I use it? Right. But figuring out what is the plan, how you get there from point A to point B and starting to set, set measurable goals. That's the key second P of the five P's, right, is you have to be able to take this awe inspiring goal that you have and you have to be able to break it down into bite sized chunks and you know, somehow track that every day, every week, every month, every quarter, every year, right? It's kind of like if you're going on vacation, you would never like walk into an airport and get on a plane not knowing where you're going, right? It's the same thing. It's like when you find that purpose, that purpose is the destination. That's where the plane is going, right? And then once you figure out where the plane is going, where you want to go on holiday, then you got to put together a plan of how you do it, right? You got to buy the tickets, you got to get a hotel, you got to drive to the airport, you got to make sure you have your passport, you got to pack your luggage, right? So that's the plan. It's kind of applying and putting all these things um, in place, right? It's making sure that you know what are the steps that you need to take, tracking those steps. And then, like I said, one of the critical important things is breaking your plan down into bite-sized chunks 
and tracking them. Third P, and this is like one of the most important, so I want you guys to really pay attention to this one because people often miss this and it's a really important one because without this, it makes it so much harder. Promote. The third P is promote. What does that mean? Well, when I decide what my purpose is and I start building my plan and I'm all gung-ho fired up about doing this, like most people after a New Year's Eve resolution, what ends up happening? Well, you fall off the bandwagon, right? You told yourself I was going to stop smoking and you stopped smoking for six weeks. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, what if I have one, right? Who's going to know? What if I have one just this week? And then that turns into two just this week. And then it turns into like one just this day. And then before you know it, you fell off the bandwagon, you're back to square one and you haven't really achieved more than stay six weeks, you know, without smoking. Um, promoting means kind of making yourself accountable. It means that you go out and you tell people what you're doing and you get people excited about your purpose and you get people enrolled in your plan. And in many cases, you know, if your purpose is inspiring enough and if you have a realistic plan that what ends up happening is some people are going to want to jump in. Some people are going to actually want to help you out. They're actually going to say, wow, this is great. Like, I really admire what you're doing. This is really cool. I'm excited for you. I want to be part of that. Right. And so it's kind of like you get into this virtuous circle where the more you share things with people, the more they actually start to happen, right? And it's a beautiful thing. Last but not least, and it's kind of like feels like a cop-out because I told you there were five Ps. In reality, there are five Ps, but the last one is kind of like two Ps bundled into one. So I'm kind of cheating here. The last one I call powerful people, right? And, um, you know, Les Brown, who's a very famous motivational speaker, talks about what he calls OQP, only quality people. And so kind of this is a little bit my derivative of OQP. I call it, you know, P squared, if you will, powerful people, right? And then I talked earlier about, you know, how promoting what you want to do is so important, getting it out there, being accountable, sharing with people what you're doing um, when you surround yourself with powerful people. And what I mean by powerful people is not powerful people as in like, you know, I'm hanging out with Jay-Z or I'm hanging out with like Barack Obama or uh, Britney Spears or whatever, right? I'm talking about, hanging out with powerful people in your community, people that are successful that you know, people that inspire you somehow. It could be just some, you know, some people in your school that, you know, are incredibly good athletes. It could be somebody at work who's, you know, fairly successful. It could be somebody who, you know, has run a marathon. It could be, you know, somebody who you look at and you feel somewhat inspired by them and they are somewhat successful um, in your community and somebody who you're possibly going to be able to learn from. And so, you know, what we find, like, particularly here in Silicon Valley as well, is there's a lot of that, right? There's always this, this spirit, this sense of kind of like giving back and people surround themselves with other people that are inspiring, that are doing cool things and that are achieving things. Like, for example, you know, I am actually hanging out and working from the office of a good friend of mine who's an entrepreneur has an MBA from a top school, worked at LinkedIn for a number of years, is like a really successful guy, has done some really, really awesome things and is now building a company and, you know, doing it really, really well. And to me, he is a powerful person in the scope of my world because he's doing something that's really unique and interesting. And he has, you know, the balls, the cojones, you know, to go out and do this. And, and it's cool. Right. And so when I meet with other people or I have lunch or I have drinks or hang out or coffees, you know, I'm, I'm meeting people that are inspiring, that are doing cool things, right, that um, that I look up to, right? And then, of course, when you share what you're doing with these people, then you get that virtuous circle, right? Then you get these people excited. You respect them. You don't want to let them down. 
you want to make sure that you're delivering on your things and you want to make sure that you're making these things happen, right? So those are the five P's. It's your purpose, your plan, promoting your plan, and then making sure that you're not only promoting these plans to the right people, but you're also promoting it and sharing it with powerful people, right? So the five P's. Um, how does this work in practical terms? Let's let's talk about a story, right? Mad More Stories is all about stories. How does that work in terms of a story? Well, um, two years ago, I uh, I started really, I became a road cyclist pretty seriously about, you know, three years ago, I started really getting into it. And, um, you know, following my separation when my, my wife left, um, which was really painful, I got into cycling much more seriously. It started to become like this thing that I got into this routine and I had to do cycling every day. And cycling has been really therapeutic for me. It, you know, helps me kind of like clear my head and, you know, kind of like gives me exercise, obviously. Um, I feel really good. I'm in good shape. You know, I'm in the best shape of my life. Even at 46, you know, I, I, I cycle 40, 50, 60, 70 miles a week, 10 miles at least every day. Um, and so I started getting into cycling two years ago and it was a buddy of mine, you know, who, who cycled a lot in his youth, you know, who's like an inspirational cyclist and who works in the tech company here. He really got me into that. And so, you know, we were cycling kind of every weekend together. And then at one point he said, let's go to the coast and back. Right. And so where I live in Silicon Valley, um, you know, we're right near the coast, but if you want to get to the coast from my house, you actually have to climb this mountain and then you go back down and then you have to, you know, do a loop and call, come all the way back up and ride all the way back up. So it's a pretty tough ride and it's about 50 miles or so. I think like, I don't know what the total number of feet climbing is probably like 4,000 feet, something like that. And so, you know, we, we spent like a couple of months training for that 50 mile ride and then we did it and it was awesome. And like, I feel really good. And a couple of weeks after doing that ride, you know, that same friend told me said, okay, we're going to do a century ride. Like, let's do a century ride. And I don't know how many of you guys out there have done a century ride, but a century ride is, is, is like a major marathon, essentially. And, you know, I was in good shape, but I wouldn't say I was in that kind of shape. And a century ride, in this case, we chose to do the century ride called the Sequoia, um, the Sequoia Century 100. And this particular century ride is 100 miles of cycling with total climbing altitude of 10,000 feet, right? Which is, that's pretty serious that's a pretty serious ride. Um, and definitely kind of like at my age, by far the most serious thing that I'd ever done. And I was kind of like, when he told me about that, I was like, there's no freaking way I'm doing this. I, I just, I, you know, I don't have the training. I don't have the conditioning. Uh, and he's like, no, oh, you can do it. You can do it. Like, I believe in you, you know, you've, you've come already so far, you've done a 50, you know, we'll do a 75, you know, in a couple of months, you'll see. Um, Fast forward to a few weeks ago, I've been training for like the past year to do this. I was supposed to do it last year. Then I injured myself playing basketball uh, and I had like an ankle that was swollen like into the size of a grapefruit. And so I couldn't really train. I couldn't really ride. So I had to cancel last year. And I said, I'm going to do it this year. And I applied the framework. I, I thought to myself, in terms of purpose, if I'm going to inspire people, if I'm going to inspire people like you guys to go out there and get off your asses and do amazing stuff and lead really rich, fulfilling lives, I have to be able to do stuff that's like seemingly impossible for me. I have to be able to do things that are amazing to me. And so it was really part of my purpose, right? It's like doing this ride was more than just doing a bike ride. It was like, it was fulfilling my purpose. It was, it was helping me do something that was so difficult that I needed to do it. Right. And so how did I go about planning it? The second P. Well, I rode every single day, 10 miles. 
Um, every other week I was doing at least a 40 to 50 mile bike ride, you know, and doing probably an elevation of anywhere from at least two and a half thousand to usually five, 6,000 feet. So I was doing that several times per month. Um, in the middle of winter when it was freezing cold and it was dark, I was out there on my bike every single morning at like 5.30, 6 a.m. in the freezing, like cold darkness with like lights on my bike, biking in the cold. When it was raining, I was out there raining. And I remember coming home one day and I was like, why am I doing this shit? It's like freezing cold outside. It's slippery. I'm soaked and I was miserable. And I just kept at it. And that was part of my plan is to make sure that I was doing at least 200 miles a month. And, you know, at least five or 6,000 or more feet a month, right? And I did that for basically the last 12 months. And, you know, more importantly, right? And this goes back to the third P, I promoted it. I was out there and I was like, I use an app on my phone called Strava, where basically I log in every single mile that I bike and it's public. And so I have a whole bunch of friends who are on that app as well. And I follow them and they follow me. So they see all the miles, they see all my rides every single day. It's connected to Facebook. So my parents and my friends would also see that I was doing all these rides and they're like, what the hell is he doing, right? So I was riding every day and people could see that. I was promoting the fact that I was doing this. And I started to tell people before the race, like about six weeks before, I started telling people, I'm gonna do this ride. I had a buddy of mine with who I share my yearly goals and we meet like you know several times a month and we share how we're doing in our lives. And I told him, I showed him a spreadsheet with all my goals of all the things that I'm doing and I said, under the area of physical fitness and, phys and and well-being, I am doing a century ride. I am doing the Sequoia Century this year. I'm committed to doing that. And so I was promoting this. And as you promote it, man, you're on the hook, right? People know that you're doing this. And it's not just a commitment you make to yourself. It's a commitment that you make to others, right? And I was sharing this with powerful people. I was sharing it with people that I really respected. I was sharing it with my father. I was sharing it with my family. I was sharing it with my close friends. I was sharing it with other entrepreneurs. I was sharing it with people who are like serious writers, far more serious than me. I have a friend who does, you know, six or seven marathons a year. Uh, he lives in Sweden and he's like an awesome athlete. And I will probably never reach that level of kind of athleticism because it's not something that's important enough to me. And I don't think I have enough of the time. But, you know, I, I shared that with folks like that and it held me accountable. So I was I was doing the framework. I had my purpose. I had my plan. I was promoting it and I was sharing it with powerful people. Two weeks ago, I did it. I did it. And I like think back on that and I'm still pretty amazed because I don't think that I ever would have done something that tough physically ever. I got up at five o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. I took my bike. I went down to the race. It started in Foothill College in San Jose with a couple of hundred other bikers. And I was on my bike for eight hours, one minute and 38 seconds. And I biked 100 miles and 10,000 feet. And it was the toughest thing I have ever done. And by mid-afternoon, it was like 85 degrees outside. I'd biked 90 miles. I was tired. I was dehydrated. My hamstring was cramping up. I had been eating these like nasty gel caps that you use for instant energy. I had like 20 of those in my backpack and I had eaten so many of these things that I was getting sick. And by mile like 85, I was actually biking in, in the heat and I was tired, I was in pain and I felt that I was gonna throw up and I threw up while I was riding. And I was so fired up about it. 
I cannot tell you how fired up about it. I was riding and I was looking into the distance and I was thinking about how close I was. And, you know, in the race, there's seven rest stops. And at every rest stop, I would stop to get water and like stretch a bit because my back was like tensing up and my, my legs were killing me. At every rest stop, I would send my father a picture on WhatsApp of the rest stop and I was counting them down, right? So every rest stop would be like, rest stop number one, here's me. Rest stop number two, here's me. And like every picture, I was probably getting more and more tired and looking more and more like stir fried shit, right? But every rest stop was an achievement, right? Every rest stop was a milestone. It was part of that plan. You know, remember when I said you break your goals down into bite-sized chunks? I had my bite-sized chunks. I knew that every 18 miles on average, there was a rest stop, right? Actually, it's a lot less than 18 miles because 18 times 10 is actually 180 uh, or 18 times 7. Well, yeah, okay, you can do the math. But um, every every rest stop, I was getting closer. And by the last rest stop, rest stop number seven, I had 19 miles left. And I was like so exhausted, but I was so excited. And I was on my bike. And I remember I was like yelling and I was screaming and I had like tears like coming down my eyes and stuff. I can like I still like tear up almost when I think about it. I was like, I'm actually doing this. Like, I'm going to actually finish this. I'm going to get this done. And that's the whole purpose behind the framework, guys. That's kind of like where I'm, I'm sharing this with you guys today is like when you have a framework and you follow this framework like I did, anything that you do in your life is possible. When you figure out your purpose and you plan for it and you promote it and you share it and surround yourself by powerful people, you can virtually do anything like it's pretty insane, but you can do stuff like that. You can build a business. You can start your life all over again. You can get over any health issues. You can like fix your financial situation. You can find the love of your life or leave the person that you hate, like whatever it is, right? You can do it if you kind of, if you structure it, if you plan it, if you use the framework, you'll be amazed to know that you are capable of doing amazing things. So anyway, um, short video, very unusual, I imagine. You didn't hear any like marketing spiel for me today. You didn't hear any kind of like CMO interviews or spiel. You just heard the raw me kind of like sharing this experience with you guys and sharing this framework with you. And I hope the five P's helps you. Um, if you have any comments or questions, you know, uh, you can uh, send me a tweet um, at madmork, M-A-D-M-O-R-K. My Facebook page is uh, Mad Mork Stories, uh, facebook.com slash Mad Stories. You can also visit my blog, which is www.madmork, one word, M-A-D-O-M-O-R-K.com slash blog. Um, and just kind of like, you know, or send me an email, patrick at madmork.com, whatever kind of like, you know, flips your skirt, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Uh, don't really do the Instagram thing right now. I know I probably should, but it's like only, only so many hours in the day. But anyway, share your stories share your thoughts, send me a question, get fired up, use the framework, get off your ass and do stuff. And you believe in yourself, you follow this framework, you find your purpose, you set a goal for yourself, you share that goal with, with people, you surround yourself by quality people, by, by, with powerful people, and you can do virtually anything, right? So that's me, man, signing off, Mad Mork Stories. Hope you guys really enjoyed it, hope it's useful. And uh, good luck doing the impossible. I know that you can do it and you can do it too. If you follow your heart, follow your framework, find your purpose and follow these steps.
good luck. And thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for uh, listening to this podcast, watching this video. You guys have a good one. I have a very cool interview coming up with a CMO who I really respect in the next couple of days. So make sure that um, you subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and I will be talking to you guys uh, very soon. All the best. Take care. Mad Mork signing off.